Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Alyssa Williamson. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I'd like to start off my podcast with a description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Alyssa Williamson. I'm a two-time successful business owner and now a business coach and mentor. But I have a background in brand consulting and marketing strategy, and I love to help I love to help female uh, business owners, but especially female business owners, experiencing those five 5K months in the stuck, get into 20 and 30K months. Um, and I actually started my first business right out of college doing graphic design and marketing, lived in the Bay Area, uh, tech world, built it up myself and did it the long, slow, hard way. So that's what makes me unique about a business coach is that I ran my first business for 14 years and pretty much made all the mistakes myself and then had to figure out the solution myself to get out of them. And so that's what I love to help clients with now is do it faster, do it without making my mistakes and have fun and freedom and luxury. Like that. Now <laughs> you've been in, you did in graphics for 14 years. That's interesting because uh, I, I kind of was in that business as well. I was in the marketing business long before I got into real estate. I sold my business. It was, uh, I got into about eight figure a year business and um, it got to the point that I was stressed out and um, it was so stressed out that uh Put it this way I, I mean we started getting scams when you're doing that kind of volume you got people kind of try to pull fast ones too right so and i and i was fed up you could see i was fed up and i didn't really know what fed up was felt like until then so it got to the point that uh, any complaint the customer had my answer was fuck off right so <laughs> i mean and i and i don't mean metaphorically either <laughs> right so one day i thought it was another guy just this guy seemed to whine all the time right like and he had a whining you know personality and what ended up mm -hmm. happening was that um, now I didn't realize that one of my employees, and this is going to go show how important team members are. My, one of my employees who happened to be actually my uh, a, a friend I grew up with, he's got that whining personality. And I didn't click and I got so used to them talking to each other, or should I say whining to each other, <laughs> that uh, when I picked up the phone and, and he's whining and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, wrong guy. You know, he's not here today. You know, and then it goes, no, no, he was actually complaining. And I'm like, and I got pissed off. And I said, man, you're always freaking whining. And I just got angry and now uh, one of the one of the guys that were in the office at the time when yeah, he's tapping me on the shoulder like this right because he knows what i'm about to do and, and he goes right <laughs> he's doing this he goes yeah. and i go what are you talking about and i go hold on i put him on hold he goes you're starting to tell the guy off he goes he's actually right i go what are you talking about he showed me the flyer i go i don't see what's wrong with it he goes look at the canadian flag i looked at it I go oh well canadian flag is red and white maybe a little black in there this mm -hmm. was purple and orange ah uh I don't yeah, know that's... how that got through, <laughs> right? Like, and so I'm glad he, that my the guy was there tapping me so because that would have blew up on a guy who was actually a really good customer. Oh, that was interesting. I wondered where you're going to go with that because a yeah. lot of times, like those complaining clients, really aren't the good clients, and that's what I have to help my clients realize is you don't want the whiners and energy suckers if they're not going to be good. But if it's a good client. Yeah, then. you know what? What happened is, like I said, my close friend, like I said, I knew that we knew each other since we were five years old. He just had that that personality. He's not really whining, but that's how he talks. Every time he talks, it sounds like he's whining. You know what I mean? Like, and really, they're just venting. Like, like one of the guys, like, he'll pick up the phone. And he's like, yeah, what a rough day. Customer came in, told me off. Yeah, I just felt like grabbing the press and throwing it off the cliff. And I'm like, yeah, which order is yours? I'm like... You know, I ain't like, but, but, but the thing is he was consistent and he was actually friendly. And if you needed help, he'd be the first person to volunteer. Right. But it was like, I, I was just getting so fed up and it was like uh, of whining and like, I didn't want to hear it. Right. And I mean, to do eight figures a year 
and especially when your average product is like 50 to 75 bucks. So imagine how many products you have per week, right? That's so a lot of volume, when people, yeah. yeah. So when people are going ba 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 ba, it's driving me nuts because the phone's ringing. We got six lines and they're all full, and it's like, oh my god, I don't have time for this. And uh, yeah, so anyways, where I was going with this is that yeah, like I almost told the guy off, but I mean, the, where the, the the meaning of all that conversation is aside from the fact that my uh, <laughs> my employee saved <laughs> me on that one was the fact that that was when I kind of sat down and said, you know what, it's time. And then, then I had uh, my one of my suppliers had uh, had an offer on uh, the table, and I took it. I said, "I, I got to get out of this. I'm done." Well, and that was, I think, what I did too. I was I made the mistake of chasing the money. So when I first started my business, of course, goal is 10k months. I was by myself, hit that within the first two years, but I was working 60 or 80 hour weeks, and I like was just burnt out, didn't know where to turn, and eventually that led to I actually got joined with a business partner because I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like I'm maxed out, I'm making the money, but I, I can't work. And that led to expansion and hiring teams. And I eventually went back on my own again, built my own team and got to 30 K months and made a quarter million a year, which is for me, I didn't have, I wanted, I wanted a lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. And it was about the profit. And I got to that and I was like, all I'm doing is answering customer emails. I'm not doing the design anymore. I'm doing doing some of the strategy, but all I'm doing is just, I got so many clients and so much work. I'm not doing the fun stuff anymore. And I think it was sort of the same thing where I was like, this has to change. I'm not, yes, I'm, I'm making the money, but what am I doing with my life? And do I really enjoy my business anymore? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like my schedule, prime example, everything had to be done by Friday. We needed delivery on all materials Friday. I don't know Ooh. why, but it was always that way. So, and that was the latest we can do it. So I'd wake up on Wednesdays at 5 a.m. and I'd go to bed at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, you know, and that's Thursday. So, and that's how much, you know, I had to keep layering all the stuff and doing all this work. And that would be my Wednesdays. Thursdays, I would sleep in till about eight or nine, and then I would work straight through. Like, I mean, I would not sleep at all. I would go straight through Thursday, straight into Friday, and be done by 11 p.m. on Friday night, and that would be when I would go to sleep. And that's every week? Every week for five years, not one vacation. Wow. Yeah. See, that's, and that's where, like, you probably are like, this is my life. This is, like, you don't even think about it. You don't question it when you're in that sort of now I look at it as a rut, but at the time, yeah. I'm like, oh, look, I'm so successful. Look how much business and clients we have. Yeah, well, th and that's my point. And that's where the burnout and stress came from. Yeah. Right? I mean, doing all that and then hearing people, wah, 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 wah. You know, this person complained about this. That person complained about that. My employee didn't show up to work today till like, like he showed up at 4 p.m. He couldn't figure out why I was mad. Like, buddy, that's your problem. That's not mine. Why are you telling me? Like, this you has nothing to do with the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, is your job good? Oh yeah, it's great. Then why are you telling me this? <laughs> right? Like it wasn't their fault. They're trying to be friendly, but it's like when you have that much pressure, that much stress, and it's so hard. You Well, it is. You're literally in fight or flight mode. You're in survival mode, even though it's mental stress and you're not physically in danger. Your mind is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if I don't make these clients happy. It's, it's the whole perfectionism. People please are coming in, but just being in fight or flight mode. You can't, you can't have conversations. Like you're trying to survive. You can't connect with clients. You can't connect with team members. You can't be creative. You're just pure tunnel vision survival. You got it there, right? I got into the creative business and I was the most uncreative person in the, in the business because you got into that creative business, but you're so yeah. into putting out fires. You're not focusing on any of it. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, team member, do this, do this. And it's like, you're just managing people in the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. And then I had a temper too. Uh, I spent no no word of a lie. I spent about $35,000 in one year in cell phones because I, my temper would control and I'd smash it into pieces. (laughs) I remember it's not like now where iPhones are 2000. This is back in the day where cell phones were 299. (laughs) <laughs> right so imagine how many cell phones yeah. i smashed right and i got a little bit of a story if you don't want it, if you want to hear it it was kind of a funny sure. one I, I realized i needed to disconnect that's when i made everything office lines i changed my cell phone number and other than employees i didn't give it to anyone mm-hmm. i i felt bad but i didn't feel bad because i needed that mental break right and that was one of the steps i took to you know it wasn't enough clearly in the end but it was one of the things i stepped and i remember i tried to avoid giving out my number to anybody. Now, one guy walked into the office and uh, he was already there because I used to show up all over the place because I did, you know, all the running around. And I remember Mm -hmm. I showed up to the office and I bumped into this one person, really friendly guy, really nice guy. And um, I remember that uh, it was, it was our, uh, it was a delivery day, so suppliers were going to be calling on my cell phone as well. So I forgot to mention suppliers have my cell. Um, and I was waiting for their call. So the guy goes, oh, yeah, I'm trying to reach you and all that. You're hard to reach. You should give me your cell phone number. Yeah, keep in mind, I'm walking, talking to him like this. You should give me your cell phone number. It's ringing. And I go, I don't have a cell phone. And I don't know what I was thinking or why I expected him to believe that. But uh, it was really, for me, it was going, I don't really care. You know, it's like, uh, if you, are, you know, like, and, and it's just like, I don't know what I was thinking. It's ringing in my hand. It's clearly for me. I don't <laughs> right have in front a cell of him. phone. Yeah. And I just walked <laughs> right by. It's like, not for you, I don't have a cell phone. But that's, that's so important is having that boundary too. Is I was accessible. Like when I first started, I was accessible in the evenings. If a client messaged me in the evening, they messaged me on the weekend. Um, I would sometimes, I'd website emergencies 5 p.m. on a Friday night. And suddenly my whole night was ruined because I was, frantically trying to fix that and i'm like why did you tell me this on a friday night at 5 p.m no one no one's available there's nothing like you just got me but yet i would still bend over backwards and so something like that putting boundaries in where you're like there's a better way to do it but just be like no i don't don't have a cell phone that you have access to you can't reach me on this that's (laughs) so true yeah or it's just like yeah you can't like if clients call me on a weekend now um I get back to them on Monday and I'm like, I'm available Monday to Friday. Like, just because you call me on a weekend, I can't, I can't be there. Absolutely. Downtime. Absolutely. And let's be honest. We're not in the medical business. We're like, let's be honest. What we're doing websites and flyers, really, what could possibly be so important in an emergency that won't be there on Monday? But they, like, if it's an e-commerce site, they will, they'll, like, it's, it's their whole world. And I understand that. But at the same time, it's having those boundaries ahead of time too. Yeah. And being like, just like talking ahead of time. You're if your website right. goes down, expect these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going down is different, but most of my calls were like, uh, there's a spelling mistake on page three and the, uh-huh. uh, you know, fine print where you need a magnifying glass to read. And, uh, people might think that we, uh, you know, that, uh, we chose the color green because of that. And I'm like, oh, really? That's an emergency. Like, seriously, like you're bothering me on a Sunday at 4 PM because the, the spelling mistake in the fine print that you need a magnifying glass might make Good people joke. think that you like the color green. It's like, holy moly. <laughs> and it's, but that's where we've trained our clients or the, how they can control us and and how they can reach us and when you have no boundaries they will just 
take anything. Right. That's 1000%. We get what we tolerate. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. But that was a hard lesson. It is. And it takes, it takes time too, because you want your client to be happy. I, when I first started out, I was like, oh, I'm a solopreneur. Like I was in my twenties. I was like, I can't take vacation. What will clients think? So I was in Hawaii one time and a client called me like Pacific time, called me like 5 a.m. Hawaii time. And I picked up and she's like, you sound like you just woke up. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in Hawaii. It's like, why are you talking to me? Go hang up. I can deal with this. This is fine in a week. And it was, it was hearing a client tell me it's okay to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I can tell clients when I go on vacation. I just need to give them a heads up. And then fast forward like 10 years later, I went on a three week vacation to Europe, just told clients ahead of time and they had no issues with it. But it was just that mindset going into it of what, what can I actually do? Right, exactly. So fast forward, you guys <laughs> came to the same realization that I did. Yeah. Except you probably were way more professional about it than I was <laughs> and um, got out of that business somehow and moved forward. Now, how did you come up with your current business? Like, what was that inspiration? Like what made the jump? What was the idea? Because there's many things you could have done that weren't what you're doing, but you somehow stayed in that realm. So get into the uh, sort of why that you stayed in that realm. So it's interesting because I, I, I love personal development. I love like high performance. I love neuroscience. And I've done a lot of just training, working with coaches myself to be a better business owner. Uh, getting over each of the different hurdles. And some of the things I was learning, they're like, oh yeah, you could be teaching this to other people. I'm like, nope, I have no interest being a coach. I have no interest helping other people. I'm just doing this for myself to be a better business owner. And it was a couple things. I moved from the Bay Area up to Oregon and it was just a slower pace of life. It wasn't that hectic work all the time. Like people were taking days off. Like it was just more laid back. I'd, I changed my business and I, this is when I actually dropped a bunch of services I didn't like. So I was still in the, doing design and marketing, dropped a bunch of services, just kept the clients and projects that I really liked. And so it was like some of that paring down. And then I did an intuitive success coaching program. And this is a piece of what I strongly believe in mindset and intuition. I knew I was intuitive and I knew I ignored it. I would, you get that little insight and I'm like, nope, my mind tells me I'm going to do this. This is go, 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 high performer, type A, high achiever type personality. And at the end of that, I was like, I was, I was, I bought, um, listening to my intuition. I love real estate too. I have some investment properties. All my investment properties have been bought by listening to my intuition. Uh, in a seller's market, I was the only, only offer under market, a uh, fantastic house closed, closed in like record time, those sorts of things. And so it was in that I was listening to my intuition. I was working less. I was making more money, traveled for the first time. And I was like. I finally get it. These are all the pieces that have fallen into place. I love my life now. I get to have luxury. I get to have freedom. I get to have fun. Like I really need to help the old me, that high achiever, stressed out, burnt out business owner who just thinks that hustling more will get them where they want. I want to help them get to where I am today. So I guess going through the process myself, getting more connected to my intuition, I was like, I have to help people. This is what I'm meant to do. I'm supposed to coach people. But I'd resisted all the way up until that point where I was finally like, I see the picture now. I'm now ready for it. But why do you think you resisted? I think, I think partly subconsciously, I didn't believe in myself and partly I just, I, that's a really good question. I've never thought about that before. Um, partly I didn't want to be responsible for other people. I wanted, I like in my business, I knew what I could control. I could run it. And I was like, well, how can I help other business owners succeed? Like 
I can't push them up the hill. They have to want it for themselves. And so I think there's a fear too of, well, I can't control other people. So I can't make them do the work if they need to do the work. And that's what it like. And now I only work with clients who realize that they want to make a change and are willing to make a change and dive in and do the work, ready to do the work. I'm there alongside them, helping them, but I'm not going to push. I can't push them up the hill. They have to want it as much as I want it for them, or I have to want it as much as they want it. You're absolutely right about that. But it sounds like for some reason you felt responsible for their lack of action. And that was kind of holding you back. And I think it was a little bit of personal growth too, where I had to be, I had to, I'm, I had to get rid of that perfection. I do, I'm a recovering perfectionist now, but I had to get rid of that perfectionist part of me and that people pleaser part of me and really realize, yes, I'm helping people, but I don't have to do all these things to bend over backwards. So it was again, boundaries, like boundaries and what can I expect from myself and what can I give people? What can they expect from me? Isn't it amazing how many times we tell other people about boundaries, about, uh, you know, and try to inspire them and, you know, and help them with their confidence. But then uh, when it comes times for ourselves, we kind of just put a blinders on. It is. It's so true. And even um, it's funny, I have to coach. There's things that come up in life and I have to coach myself through the things I'm coaching my own clients on. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just need outside help. I need a coach to get me through this, too or a mentor or a guide or some sort of support or accountability. Because even though we, I say this all the time, even though you know what to do, doesn't mean you're doing it. And that's where this, this support can come into. That's true. Now getting that help sometimes, you know, is not always as easy as it sounds. It sounds like, okay, well I'm stuck. What do I do? Hey, let me just call a coach, right? It's not like we think that way. And sometimes, sometimes, not all, some people are a little bit on the uh, stubborn side, I want to say, and, you know, like put up their own roadblocks. Like Mm -hmm. how easy or hard was it for you to decide you need that help and then just reach out and get it? So it was interesting. Being in the Bay Area, I did, I did start networking a lot. And in networking, I came across different coaches. So pretty early on, I personally started working with coaches because I was like, what they're talking about makes sense. I need to do this. So like I worked with a life coach, a brain brain science coach, um, business coach. But in the beginning, I was just working with the people I came across. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, oh, I know tons of coaches. I wait until I feel like, one, do I need, am I at a point now where I need some help? And two, who resonates with me? Rather than when I first started out, whatever coach I came across that seemed to speak to me, I got that support. Now I'm like, what do I need help with? I'll, I'll wait until it feels right. So again, listening to my intuition. Does this feel right? Do I feel in alignment? Does this feel like this can help me? But it's it, it takes awareness too. You have to one, realize I'm stuck and I don't know how to get to the next level. And then what do I need? What support do I need? What type of support do I need to get to the next level? Could be an accountability buddy. Someone that you just check in with and you're like, hey, I'm doing this this week. And then they check in and tell you whether you've done it or not. But that's often like low level and a lot of people don't really get far with that in the end. It falls off. So yeah, it's just checking in, um, finding, coming back to yourself, finding what you need. And then sometimes it takes a little while to come across the right person or the right support or right system or whatever it is that you need. Yeah. And sometimes the the support you have today isn't necessarily the support you need tomorrow. And what ends up happening is prime example, I'm going to use an accountant. I'm going to pick on them today. And um, (laughs) No, sometimes when you, your business is in the starting level and you're just doing your taxes, some guy who does it part time on weekends, you know, after his full time job for 50 bucks, 
might be all right because you're in the beginning stages and there might not be a lot for you to do. But at a certain point in time, now you get into that next level. Now you got real deductions and all that. Now, that, now you outgrown that person. It comes to the next person. And, and I find the bigger your business grows, the more requirements you have, the more requirements have you tend to outgrow the people that have helped you up till mm-hmm. then. And it's not a knock on them. It's just you're on a different level and you wouldn't ask your mechanic to clean your teeth or do surgery on you. So why would you ask the accountant to do something he's never done before in an area he's never worked on? Mm-hmm. I, I look at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a gamer. I grew up playing video games. So I, I look, I love to gamify life and I look at life as levels. And as you get past one roadblock, you level up, you get to the next level. What you needed to get from level five to level six helped you at the time. But what you need to get from level nine to level 10 is not what was at level five. It's a new challenge. So yes, you, you, that's probably the goal is that they help you get past that. I've even, yeah, I recently went through different accountants and needed to go to one that was more consultative and more proactive and more able to guide me along the way. But the other one was great for several years. And then I, yeah, I outgrew them because my needs grew. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, what would you say is your biggest struggle today? That, that's an interesting question. So it's always, this is so overused, but new level, new devil. And so the mindset work and inner belief work, you'll, you'll think like you'll solve something and then you'll get to a next level, the next challenge. And you're like confidence again, I have confidence issues. Like why am I facing confidence issues again? I, I worked through all these. I'm doing great but it's because it's at a new level. And so I would say I hit an upper limit. I was doing fantastic in my business. This is going a little off track, but like money and love are often tied together, are tied together. When you hit an upper limit in one, the other one will often like slow down. So I had an amazing year, got married, um, had five week vacation in New Zealand, um, got pregnant. So we're, we're expecting our baby in December. Oh, wow. And that just sort of, yeah. <laughs> So that was a lot of changes as well to my body and my mindset that I had to work through. Hormones are real. They're physiological. They're real. They, they do affect you. And so I hit an upper limit. And so I had to spend some time just being okay with where I was at. And then knowing that in the summer, I was just going to take off again. And so I hit, I hit amazing income goals last year, like blew myself out of the water. And then I just like hit a snag. And so it was working through that upper limit. Okay, what beliefs have come up with this? What are all the things that are happening? So all the things I'm teaching my clients, I still am constantly working through myself. That's very interesting. Now, <laughs> which brings up a question, right? Like, like, why does it happen? Do you like, is it like maybe a deserving thing? Do you feel like you don't deserve it or something? Or is it imposter syndrome or something? Or like, is it, uh, you know, something from childhood i don't know i mean like there's always something an inner voice that's and it's rooting from somewhere and it it can be multiple things and it's your subconscious your subconscious my subconscious keeping me safe hey look this is something new and amazing oh but that's not safe we can't handle that anymore okay let's let's just stop everything coming in let's let's sabotage and you don't realize you're doing it and so it is it's it's doing the work of like what why have i lost motivation or or what changed and so i did i hired a coach and something she pointed out was that some interaction I'd had was probably a non-ideal client that triggered me. And I was like, oh, well, this doesn't work. And then I sort of like shut down. So again, having that outside insight too. That's fascinating, right? Because that, yeah. that's what a connection to make. Mm-hmm. It's just, I was doing great. I was, I was on a roll. like, And then 
just personal life. And then some interaction just sort of threw me off. And I'm like, no, this doesn't feel in alignment. And so my, my subconsciously, my body was like, nope, this isn't in alignment. You're not going to go that way route. And so I just had to sit on it and figure it out. And so, yes, this year has been one of more inner work for the first part. And now, like, I would say I've leveled up again from spring to summer. I've leveled up, but I had to spend the time to figure it out and do the inner work. Love that. I was going to ask you why, you know, an interaction with someone else would affect you so much. But I remembered earlier, you just said that you had a people pleaser kind of problem earlier. So that kind of made sense. It goes hand in hand. So I get it. And it's. And it was like, okay, these aren't ideal clients. Why am I not attracting, why am I suddenly attracting lower level clients than I was previously? What happened? And and so it's like, oh, well, that's not working. Let me figure it out. It's a little bit of a perfectionist. Oh, well, that's not working. I'm not going to do that right now. So yeah, it's, it's all just the sitting and figuring out part too. Which brings up the next point. What is your ideal client? I mean, what is your, like, if you had the perfect person and they were going to call you the minute we hit you know end on this who would that person be i love working with i I work with men too but i love working with women because it is a business world out there it's a man's world it's a business world it's a very masculine environment and helping them embrace being a woman in a man's world and figuring that out but the high achievers the one who have who've worked really hard they've hustled and they're like my business is running my life and i can't do this anymore how do I up level? How do I create that freedom while also increasing my income? So I love teaching people, okay, you've hit a certain level of success on your own. Now you need the support to learn how to keep making more income while working less. And it is possible. Like it's totally possible to make more and work less, but they can't see it because they don't yet. Yeah, they don't have the mindset. They don't have the business strategy. They don't have the habits. And that's what I work with clients on too, is what are your mindset beliefs? Where are you blocking yourself? Is your business optimized and profitable to the best that it could be? How's your marketing? And then are you showing up as a business owner with the best habits? Love that. Now you brought up a good point here, which was uh, in terms of, you know, it being a man's world and, you know, in a business world. And what my question is, because I've heard somebody say that before i've heard that term before now Mm -hmm. it's i mean being i'm a man let's be honest i don't obviously don't see it Mm -hmm. right so with that being said like was that something when you started did you feel that was a hurdle for you definitely so starting out of college being 22 being female young i felt like i had to prove myself and i was i showed up very masculine very straightforward didn't like wall no personality no one knew what was going on behind that because it was like i'm young i have to prove myself and i'm female so there was very much subconsciously like i have to do this and now like i share my personal life on social media i don't share everything but i share what's going on in my world because that's how i connect with clients so i make the difference um i don't know how deep you want me to go into this but just oh shoot go ahead because i was going to keep digging. (laughs) (laughs) so I, a lot of my design clients actually ended up being women in like, we're attorneys, we're in financial advising, we're in um, male dominated fields. And I would help them create a brand that spoke to their femininity and personality because, you know, like if you look, think of a typical financial advisor brand, it's very traditional, very formal. And so I would create creative brands for these financial advisors that were, that showed their personality, that were in feminine colors or feminine shapes and it stood out and they attracted their ideal clients because of that but they had to show their personality and they had to feel safe to do it and sometimes they didn't and so that's where the mindset comes in another piece is women have monthly cycles 
And some women, it takes them down. Like they are down for a week, whether it's in pain, whether it's in creativity, but then they have ups. They have ups and downs, whereas men are just like 30 days is 30 days. doesn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And so especially in like, again, create a field or like some weeks they need to know, this is my week to be really creative, come up with those powerful marketing ideas. This is my week to just sit and rest and percolate on things. And so I'll go into things about that with clients too. Fascinating. (laughs) Right? Well, I mean, really, I'm learning something. And it's physiological. Like I know there's the... And maybe I take it on too that, oh, women are crazy, they're hormonal, they're like emotional, but there's a strength to it too. Look at how Jacinda Arden in New Zealand handled so many events, being the female, running the country, that men would have done differently. So there's there's strengths to both the masculine and feminine. And rather than putting one down, we need to focus on where is one stronger than the other? Where is one better at, at like doing this thing and then the other one's better at doing this thing? I absolutely love that. Like, really, <laughs> like, I, I, you know what? It took me a long time to realize something, you know, like I was always like, look, let's be honest, because earlier you talked about that solopreneur, right? And mm-hmm. many, many of us wear that as a badge of honor, yeah. right? Now today, from what I've learned, right, because I learned collaboration, you know, can get you bigger than trying to do it yourself. I mean, nothing big or nothing mm-hmm. great came out of doing it yourself. So to my younger self that that gave myself the badge of honor for being that solopreneur, it's like, shame on you, you idiot. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, the faster you could have learned that collaboration will get you there faster and better, the faster, you, the, the closer to your goals you could have gotten. Sitter, and that's yeah. the thing. We all do that, right? And, and yeah. Now I'm just seeing a different perspective. I mean, it's still a form of collaboration, but you're showing me an insight in terms of a thought process because I don't have that same thought process. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. assume that well, things are the same, you know, like yeah. you pull the bell, she pulls the bell. What's the difference? It's still a bell you're yeah. yanking. Like, it was, like, I don't get it, right? But you're giving me an, a perspective, something that I would never, because I don't go through that. So it didn't even occur to me that things like that can change. Yeah, well, and there's... Here's another way to look at it. So feminine energy is more being energy. You're sitting, you're, 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 you're just, you're coming up with ideas. You're not forcing anything. Masculine energy is the doing. Woman, we're, there's always going to be a moment where we're being and we're doing. I start out very masculine, always do, 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 do. Always busy, always had a list. Like I never, t- I, I, I prided myself on taking four hours of sleep a night because I was so busy working. Now I know I need to stop and take a break. You know what? I am. I'm just like, I'm getting annoyed or I've run out of ideas. I need to go for a walk in nature. I need to just sit in the sun on the steps. I need to take these moments and pause and just let those creative ideas come in. And that's where, that's where like a balance could come in. Even I bet for you, you like, sometimes you stop and you're like, I just need to think some ideas. That's why ideas come in the bathroom, in the shower. When you're not doing things, they're just able to float in. Or when you're singing in the shower and you think nobody can hear you and then somebody says you're being too loud, shut up. And then all of a sudden that <laughs> turns into productive ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's that creative time and space. And so, the, yeah, there's if you don't experience it, you don't know. Like, True. As I'm going through pregnancy, I'm learning, I'm reading what's going to happen to my body and, and what could happen after the fact. And I'm like, it's so crazy how society doesn't really allow for this. The thought that some women have to go back to like first trimester was was just terrible, mentally uh, nauseous, tired. And I'm like, how could someone who has a nine to five job survive this? Like I had to take 
naps. Luckily, I've got freedom in my day. I work from home. I can do what I want when I want. I'm like, I don't understand how the typical woman out there can handle this. And it's just things that never occurred to me before this. So now that I'm experiencing it, it's relevant. But until then, it would never have occurred to me. Got a point there. <laughs> you got a good point there, right? Like, yeah. And you know what? There's one thing that I am fully aware of. The uh, time after, like prime example, I'm in Canada. In Canada, a woman can take up to a year off. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that's not the case where you are. U.S. has some of the worst. Luckily, I'm in California, so there is um, some like paid family leave and that sort of thing. But even vacation time, like it doesn't even have to be like um, related to giving birth. Like even vacation time, some of ours is the worst in the world. And yet there's places in Europe where they take a month off, six weeks off. It takes six weeks for your mind to relax. How is a two, one week vacation, two week vacation going to help us? Yeah, that's mind boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, wow. <laughs> it's like, it's really mind boggling to me. And I totally understand. Yeah. And I understand from the business owner's point of view when you're like, I'm going to lose this employee for a year. How the heck can I do that? But this is where it gets into a bigger societal issue, which yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't want to dive into that. But this is like in my business, I love, I love the structure. I love systems, but then I love the mindset and the energy as well. And bringing those two together because they, they have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. Now, I've asked you a lot of the negative side. Now, let's turn it to the positive side. Okay. And the positive side is that, um, again, it goes back to what I always said. Like, we all get into it through fear and stuff, and we've got to control our fears and learn and grow. But there's a moment in time that, not that the fear goes away, but we have what I call an aha moment. And that aha moment is sort of the, yes, I've been scared. Yes, I've had challenges. Yes, I will have more challenges. Yes, things are still going to get scary sometimes, but I feel I am where I'm supposed to be. I feel that things are going in the right direction. I'm moving in the right spot towards my goals. This feels right. This feels great. I finally made it, not necessarily made it, you know, financially, but made it as in I know where I'm supposed to be, you know, and, and I feel good about this. Sometimes we have multiple moments like that in our, in our career and life. Sometimes we have it and don't even realize we had it. Have you had that aha moment? Oh, definitely. And there's a couple of things. It comes from confidence. So you can't get confidence until you've experienced it. But after you've, after you've done some scary things and realized that you lived and survived them, again, your subconscious is like, oh, the unknown is scary. You're going to die. But after you've done some of these scary things... And seeing that you do survive and come out stronger, you get your own proof. Um, this is where I also tell clients, like, find proof of other people. Find p- proof of other people who did that. Sometimes it's the rags to riches story. Sometimes it's just a normal person you know that you're like, oh, they were down in the dumps and look, they've turned their life around or this or that. If you don't have personal proof, find proof from other people that you can follow and respect and get it from them. But confidence is huge for that. And I've had that... M- multiple times. Like, I, I love that feeling when you're suddenly like, I'm on the right path. I'm not there yet, but I have all the things I need. Everything is working out in my favor. And that again, comes back to that mindset. So like a common one that I use is I'm, I'm from a family of immigrants. My grandparents immigrated, my parents immigrated and immigrants often believe we'll make it happen. We'll find success if we work really, really hard. So I followed that belief. I worked really, really hard. I hit success. I was living my family's path, but then I was like, I don't want to live like this. So I had to work on my mindset, be like, I want to make money with ease. I don't want to have to make money just by working hard. 
And once I was able to get that in place and be like, yes, look how easy this is. Like loving my work or this came in so easy. This was passive income, rental, all those different things. Like I was like, oh yeah, I can see how much I've grown and evolved. So I think that's part of it too, is seeing how much you've grown and evolved and getting to that next level. But it's very hard when you're a beginner and newbie to have that confidence. Yeah. It's that the growth sense. and the experiences. Yeah, yeah, that makes exact. Uh, that makes total sense. I love that. All right, so in light of time, I'm going to get down to three more questions and then get into what I call the lightning round, which is just a few fun questions. Okay. So the next question is going to be, what advice do you have for someone working that nine to five or someone, whether they're working nine to five, whether they've never started a job, whether they've had, you know, you know, entrepreneurial experiences and haven't done well with it, or whether they're just feeling stuck and they just want to take the plunge, but they're not sure where to start. What advice would you give them? It's always, that's such a broad question that like, there's not one right answer, but it's finding something that you're passionate about. And again, that's so broad, but I would say start building it on the side. You don't have to jump straight into a, a business and throw everything else away. Start building it on the side little bit by little bit. Get your confidence up. Get Know that you can do this. Know that you, it's a completely different mindset if you've been an employee versus becoming a business owner. So just start doing the pieces, get all of the, um, the paperwork up or start getting clients, start marketing, start branding, start promoting yourself. Do a little bit piece by piece to gain your confidence so that you know you can do it. If you just, some people can jump in head first and do it, and that's where it's a case by case basis, but I'd say start building up slowly. Love that. All right. Second last question. How do you know you've had a successful day? That that also can be by mindset, but if you feel good. If again, connect to your intuition. Did it feel good? Um, sometimes you have to train yourself to look for what feels good. A lot of people are looking for the negative, as you said. So having a checklist of a done list of the important things that you've completed for the day. And just being able to look at that rather than looking at the things you didn't do. Look at the things you did do, but also hopefully you're well, well aligned enough that you're like, that felt good. I feel like it was successful. I didn't finish everything, but I feel like it was a productive day. Awesome. All right. Last but not least for anyone who saw the podcast, wants to reach out to you, look for you, find you, where would they go? Uh, the best is alyssawilliamson.com. So A-L-Y-S-S-A -S -S and then Williamson, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-O-N.com. I actually have a free guide on there and also a free training for those who are feeling stuck in their business and want to hit consistent 25K months or Instagram too. All right. Now getting to the first question of the lightning round, which is going to yeah. be, what is your favorite food and why? Ooh, Thai food. Because I love the flavors and the uh, Thai curry. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Favorite travel spot? Uh, torn between New Zealand where my family is or the Caribbean. Interesting. Interesting. Two different places. Awesome. Favorite book or pod and or podcast? Oh, um, this one has just come top of mind recently. So I'm really loving Profit Fet First as a book. Got it. Um, just because I've been referring to a lot of clients recently as well. And I've, it's, it's, yeah, game changer. For sure. I've uh, heard about that one as well. I uh, bought it, but I didn't actually open it up to read. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it then. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but you had 48 hours to spend, spend it, not spend it, spend it. What you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? 
I'm always about assets and investments. So I would buy something, I guess it would have like top of mind. You can't, you can't buy a house in 48 hours. So, um, yes, you can. Well then maybe I need to talk to you. Maybe I'd buy as many properties as possible in 48 hours. I love yeah, real estate. <laughs> hey, I yeah. said you had okay. to buy it. You had to offer on it. You put the money in escrow. It doesn't mean it has to close those in those two days. <laughs> okay. Then I would buy, I would buy property all over the world. Um, so that I had places to travel and then rent out when I wasn't visiting. What an awesome answer, especially since I'm in real estate. I love real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Alyssa, it has been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. It's been really fun. And you had some amazing questions of things that made me think. I try. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.